This is Giggle Mugs, a place for chuckles and a podcast for the curious. Here, Rob and Lloyd attempt to teach you something new every week and invariably <laughs> fall short. Over to you, gentlemen. Doesn't get better than this. Hi, Rob. <laughs> This is a good start. Uh, starting the starting the episode where I say it doesn't get any better than this lack of yep, organization. Keeping, keeping that in. And ta- well, yeah. Look, uh, hi. How are you? Excellent. <laughs> Nothing more to add. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All facets of excellent, Lloyd. <laughs> how are you? Every possible excellent. Uh, I am fine. Oh, less than excellent, but not terrible. Yeah, we go. We're all we're all here, and it's fine. Yep. Uh, what? Yep. What? Yep. What? Yep. Should we should we inform the gang that we're doing a high performance episode? Yeah, Rob and I had a discussion that ironically went on for a long time about how <laughs> efficient and high performance this recording session is going to be. Yeah, because you know we we love we love doing this for you, but we also hate all parts of it except the actual recording. <laughs> yes, editing, <laughs> so social media marketing to, to you you people. You know, we're being honest, and we want it to be good for you but also good for us we want it to be yeah, good this explanation yeah. has already gone on too long what are you drinking lloyd actually it's not a guinness rub get out of town i because kim's decided to make a risotto this oh, a risotto are you drinking white wine i'm drinking a glass of white wine oh weird i hate that for you don't like white wine doesn't fit my brand at all at all are you drinking are you enjoying it it's better than it was the last time i had it which was probably 10 years ago <laughs> yeah because the last one you had was fruity lexia in a, in a <laughs> yes, bag in a box yeah <laughs> uh i mean that's quite classy but this is definitely the season we lose our um hypothetical sponsorship with guinness <laughs> yeah i know I've, I've dropped the ball a lot that's fine what are you drinking guinness i hope <laughs> <laughs> is guinness brown <laughs> yes i guess yeah technically it is no. <laughs> yeah no i'm not unfortunately i feel like i i need to do a a press conference apology because i'm letting the team a lot of my recordings this season have been morning recordings yeah and that's difficult and also i mean i've tried to make it a bit more interesting i'm doing this very like cool like definitely not old person very cool gen z young thing where i i don't drink coffee immediately after i wake up such that the caffeine does not impact my circadian rhythms or some bullshit very trendy and so i have a bucket of tea Oh, well, I love a good tea. Yeah, and it's a lot. It's a large. I was going to say jug when I thought about it earlier, but I went with bucket O T like a boat. Mm. No, I do like that. Mm. One day, I mean, oh no, I did. I did drink some Lagavulin last night. If that helps, and that does help. I'm not sure what it helps, but it, I feel like it has. Helped. It helps both of us, you know, emotionally and physically. Uh, next week is eight is, fingers is of Lagavulin. The- <laughs> <laughs> it was more like two. Next week is the end of the season. I'm going to get the sentence out in a second. Hooray. And traditionally, we've both consumed alcohol, if not liquor. Yes. I can't even remember what the special is. Oh, the special is the Isle of Man oh, TT yep. Senior Race Holiday. Yeah, sounds and, sounds uh, lamer. Yeah. We're not, we're not I gonna, thought it was old people racing. Me too. I hoped it was old people racing. We're not going to explain that. So you have to tune in next week to our episode 10, season 5, Giggle Mugs special on the Isle of Man TTCD race. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. It's going to be balls. And this is episode nine 
of season five of Google Mugs. Welcome. Let's dive right in, Lloyd. Do you want to know how you far high away? performance distance? <laughs> I have a high performance distance that I just did just before. Between us, Lloyd, Perth to Boston, across the globe, stretches ninety two million. Two thousand oh. is weird because it's where it's like zero zero two in the thousands, and you're not sure it's how tough to, to figure it. that out. Yeah, yeah. ninety two million two thousand nine hundred and fifty two point eight floppy ears of the French lot rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, is a, a brand of rabbit, a breed of rabbit <laughs> called the French lop that has those big floppy ears that fall down the side, and they are six to eight inches long. And I went with eight inches because we've got a big yeah. one. We got a, it's. I mean. It's bigger than it looks, I guess. <laughs> well, we wouldn't be men if we didn't add a couple inches, Rob, so don't worry about it. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, we got, we, got, we got a bunch of rabbit ears in between us, so 92 million of them, which means I've killed half of that in rabbits. So many rabbit deaths on your hands. Yeah, what is that? 46,1476.4 rabbits just in my backyard. Blimey. Pile of rabbits. Rabbit stew for a very long time. I'm not even gonna. I'm just gonna leave them there. Ooh. Oh, well, yeah, back to nature. That's high performance, Rob. Why is that relevant? You tell me. That what did you learn? Because this week, I learned that Napoleon's greatest defeat was not at Waterloo, as history tells us, yep. but at the hands of potentially up to three thousand bunnies during a hunt <laughs> gone wrong in 1807. July 1807, nonetheless. I just immediately picked a bone. Didn't even respond. It just picked a bone straight away. <laughs> no, I was not. No, I was just adding to the joy of the fact that Napoleon, the greatest uh, French person, I guess, of all time, probably. Yeah, like one of the greatest military leaders and minds and conquerors in modern history. Yeah. Beaten by some bunny rabbits. I let now. I can't imagine they were French lop, floppy-eared domestic rabbits, but I kind of picturing it like that. Yeah. I, I don't know what to picture. Again, we've covered this before. I don't know what 3,000 rabbits would look like. Oh, I can tell you I what think 4 I can... million rabbits look like. With <laughs> 46 all million. With necks broken. No, sorry. <laughs> it's not true. I didn't kill any rabbits. No rabbits were harmed in the recording of this podcast. Just beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. Not true. Didn't expect that. Tell, <laughs> so, tell me more. Backstory. So, Napoleon. <laughs> sorry. And... Front story. Carry on. <laughs> Unnecessary. That would be in my penis. <laughs> Napoleon and the Emperor of Russia, whose oh. name was Alexander. Of course. They had recently signed the Treaties of Tilsit. Oh, that's my favorite treaties. It's a, it's a easily a top three treaty. Top three. Ended the war between Russia and France in, as you mentioned, July 1807. Mm-hmm. And then two days later signed another treaty with Prussia. Don't oh. remember his name, not important. <laughs> so basically in these two days... Napoleon crushed two huge enemies, convinced both of them to join him in the war against the British and the Swedish, and oh. got half of Prussia's land. So, like... How? Oh, wow. They really rolled over on that one, didn't they? He's on a high. So, his chief of staff is a fellow called Berthier. Berthier. Uh, it's Berthier. Berthier. No, it's not a TH. It's a T. Well, it's definitely a TH, and it's... I refuse to pronounce it French. All right. Fucking Alexandra Berthier. <laughs> and Napoleon. <laughs> Nappers. His chief of staff arranged a picnic and a rabbit hunt for <laughs> the top-ranking men in Napoleon's army. It sounds which incredibly just incredibly quaint. It is very quaint. Not that either of us condone arranging hunts to celebrate, but it does sound... If you're going to do one, it's the quaintest of the hunts. Yeah. Arranging picnics, on the other hand, fucking go right ahead. We're all for that. <laughs> 
In fact, I think we can officially say now that Giggle Mugs condones picnics. Oh, we can put yeah. that on the record. I love that. Picnics, friend of the podcast. <laughs> As a com- yes. yeah, we, we have conceptual friends, not real ones. So there are varying claims about the number of rabbits. That's why I said earlier, potentially up to 3,000, but at yep. least hundreds. I imagine it was 3,000. Like, if you're going to go that far, yeah. you're going to get as many as you can. Yeah, like, he's not... Like, the purse strings aren't super tight for Napoleon's chief of staff after winning two massive wars. I'm surely they're, like, out to celebrate. Do you reckon Berthier at this point is, like, he's a little bit anal and he's like, I'm going to have exactly 3,000 rabbits for the for my lord, for King Napoleon, Emperor Napoleon? I think it's a combination of that and he was a bit drunk. So Napoleon was like, <laughs> let's do a rabbit hunt. Get, I don't know, get like 3,000 rabbits. And he was like, all right, I'm going to get 3,000 <laughs> 3, rabbits. 3,000, write it down on his, <laughs> I don't even know. With a big quill. Shopping 3, list. <laughs> rabbits. Wakes up in the morning and goes, I guess that's what I'm doing today. Milk, bread, 3,000 rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I got bored of writing because I shortened Napoleon to nap in this next line. <laughs> Captain Nappers. One of Nap's generals. This this name annoys me because of its it's so pretentious. Mm. His name is Paul Charles Francois Adrian <laughs> Henri Dudouane Thibault, it's, or Thibault, I it's guess. Thibault, yep, nice. Uh, it's it's one of the Frenchest names that may, maybe yeah. his parents were like, "What are all the Frenchest names?" and just <laughs> yeah. stuck them together. He turned two, and his dad was like, "Oh, Pierre, fuck." <laughs> <laughs> he wrote in his memoirs, "Quote." The intrepid rabbit turned the emperor's flank, attacked him frantically in the rear, refused to quit their hold, piled themselves up between his legs till they made him stagger, and forced the conqueror of conquerors, fairly exhausted, to retreat and leave them in possession of the field. Like, wonderful description. Love the word intrepid. Yes. And And also conqueror of conquerors. Huge fan. Yeah. Despite his Frenchness, it's another great example of people in history just being much better at words than us. So so much better. And, sorry, I've got lots of points on this because I also read this. You have to right. assume it was written after Napoleon died, right? Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty scathing. Yeah, unless he was pretty chummy with all of his generals and they all had a bit of a laugh. But I just don't imagine him like that. No, I don't think he was one of those guys that like had his mates around with him. Yeah, I reckon he probably would have killed that guy. Yeah. And so he, he mentions that they turned his flank and attacked him from the rear and a historian called david chandler also speaks about this about how they literally went around him to assault him from behind and he quote he says with a finer understanding of napoleonic strategy than most of his generals the rabbit horde divided into two wings and poured around the flanks of the party and headed for the imperial coach so i mean that, i mean excellent <laughs> yeah but how does the historian know that i would i i had I had approximately maybe one minute, 45 seconds, where I was like, original text of Napoleon rabbit hunt fiasco kind of Google. I wanted to find, like, where, where did this story come from? Obviously, someone or multiple people have written it down somewhere. Yeah, it's tough because most of the, like, the, the very beginning of the Google results is all just basically copy and pasted the same story. Yeah, change a few words, post it as your own. Yeah. Welcome to 2023, motherfuckers. Um, but I guess David Chandler is a historian. I'm just going to take his word for it because I didn't do any further research. Yeah, I mean, he's probably more reliable than than we are. Maybe, uh, yeah, no one's called us. It's not like historian Robert Thomas this week said. <laughs> Although, do you remember... I think this is a worthy anecdote. Do you remember when we did that episode on the names of dogs from that Yeldi text? All manner of hounds? Yes. And we both signed up to that, the like the only <laughs> yes. academic website that 
um, had the full paper to look at it. Yeah, um, that's true. I didn't unsubscribe from that. Neither did I. <laughs> okay. So I still get some good ones. Yeah, like maybe once every month it asks if I want to read the same paper again. Uh, and also maybe once a month I get a different email that's like, oh, hey, are you the Robert Thomas that wrote and then long scientific paper title? Um, <laughs> would you like to claim this and add it to your library? And now that I'm telling this, I should have just been claiming all these papers. Yeah. I've been like, no, no, I guess that's not actually me. Uh, fuck it if you're asking me and no one else is claiming it. Yeah, I'm going to take it. I get, if they ask you twice, I think the second time you're legally allowed to claim it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds... It's like um, if the teacher's 10 minutes late, you can go home. It's like if they ask you twice. <laughs> like first period of the day, teacher's yeah. like, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think we haven't been called historians, but I'd say I've been asked if I'm a scientist in various fields recently. You're an academic. Of sorts, It's yeah. arguably better. Than a historian, yeah. Historians are losers. Uh, the last thing <laughs> I have it. on... Th- yeah, yeah, we're big fans because they do all the research for us. Yeah. The last thing I have on this specific story is that Berthier, <laughs> it appears that instead of going out and collecting, capturing, gathering wild hares and rabbits... He probably had like maybe a day or two to organize this, right? And as we hypothesized, he was drunk. So he's not stumbling about the woods. Uh, it seems like he went to a farmer and bought them. So yep. Napoleon likely wasn't being attacked. The rabbits saw people and were like, oh, food. They have food. We'll go to them and they'll give us food. Look at this it just long... happened to be there were so many of them. <laughs> it got a bit hectic. Yeah. I read that apparently, uh, this is assumably from someone's memoir, that like the rabbits kind of like started running towards them and everyone was like, they all had a bit of a chuckle, like, haha, look at these rapids. Rapids? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it looked like rapids. Yeah, look at these rabbits, idiots. And then they were like all around them. And like, I think they probably did climb some legs to get yeah. food because like rabbits do that. A very long time ago, we looked after a friend's rabbit and it would like, yeah, put its really sharp claws on like jeans and try and get up here and i was like nah get out of here so i added and- it to the pile of dead rabbits no i didn't <laughs> <laughs> this episode is going to be called episode nine rob's pile of dead rabbits Ugh. good can't wait uh <laughs> but any animal in that number would be intimidating yeah it would just be like ooh, that's quite a lot of those and yeah. and we should probably go I'm not sure if there's anything i could do if this if this goes sideways do you think they had i think they did i think they had the picnic first I've read that they all, like, carriaged off to, like, a field. And Berthier's, like, caged all of these rabbits that he's bought and hoped are going to run away around the (laughs) edge of the field. So I imagine they've, like, rocked up, had this, like, nice picnic in the middle of the field. And then they're probably all a bit tipsy again by this point, right? Because it's lunch and you've just won a bunch of wars. And I feel like back in the day, people drank... They drank a lot of wine. Yeah, like, at all meals. Yeah. And they were French. They drank more wine than most. Ugh, French. <laughs> Enemy of the podcast. The country of France. <laughs> Agreed. I think we may have said that in an earlier season as yep. well. <laughs> I just want to let everyone know that I still believe that. <laughs> I have nothing more on that specific story if you've got more to add. Uh, I've just got a couple of uh, little tidbits. Titty bitties. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, you're pretty well covered. I, the only thing I would kind of request is that you take General Paul Charles Francois Adrien Henri did. Did, what was his second to last name? D- Dudon. Yeah, Dudon, I pronounced it. <laughs> Dudon. 
Tybalt, uh, and do it in your absolute best French accent. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> One of Nap's generals, Paul Charles Francois Adrien Henri Dudan Tybalt. I meant his quote. <laughs> but thank you for starting with his oh, name. Oh, the quote is so long. <laughs> I know, and I believe in you. Well, I mean, <clears throat> French is not in my repertoire. Is it not? Probably just get oh, should I do it then? The oh yeah, fire away. All right. I got as far as the uh, yeah, and you fucked it up. It's got to be Z. Go on. Uh, the intrepid rabbit turned oh, the good. emperor's flank. <laughs> How do you say attacked in a French accent? Attacked. I think they pronounce it retreated. Oh, yeah, but... ran away <laughs> in, frantically in the rear, refused to quit their hold, piled themselves up between his legs till they made him stagger and forced the conqueror of conquerors, fairly exhausted, to retreat and leave them in possession of the field. Very good. I nah, could see that. Quite shit. As... No, no, no. I genuinely, that could be a voiceover in like Command and Conquer 1. Of like the French general who's come to help you. <laughs> and just brings like 12 people. And 3,000 rabbits. <laughs> Isn't that a cheat in Command and Conquer? Anyway, no. Uh, so I, after this, I tried to find other times humans and, and animals had faced off in the field of war. Like specifically, not like animals used in war, but animals versus humans. <laughs> But the only proper example we have already talked about at some point for sure, and everyone's yeah. done to death, is the emu war in Australia. Yeah, I imagine a lot of other animal versus human conflicts are just quite sad. Yeah, yeah. And so then I did look into animals that have been used in war, which I think we have touched on before because we named some doggy and horsey heroes. But I yes, tried to look for ones that were closer to the bunny. Uh, oh, any rabbit medals? No. Um. Uh, when What's I say close closer to, to the bunny? bunny, I mean not like like away from regular war animals. Okay. So we're not talking about horses or there were. I mean, I can say we're not going to talk about pigeons. There are, I think, there are not loads, but there's definitely a bunch of pigeons that have received medals for like flying messages through heavy fire. I think there is loads. Yeah, I think it was quite probably. a lot. Yeah, like that. The humble pigeon. <laughs> How many pigeons won <laughs> medals in WW? Probably one more than two. Yeah, sixty-five Dickin medals. Not sure what that is. Is <laughs> a medal for putting Dickin, your Dickin. Uh, more than dogs and way more than horses. How, how, oh, sixty-five. Sixty-five have been awarded. Twenty-nine yeah. to dogs, thirty-two to pigeons, three horses, and one cat. This looks like second. Dickin looks like it. So this is animals who won medals in World War One. Then it says thirty-two Second World War messenger pigeons. DevonMuseums.net added to list of enemies. <laughs> Fools. But anyway, pigeons were yeah. on, on this. this they they did good. Up. So I got, a, I got a couple of those if you want them. Of like, Please. I would love some closer to bunnies than pigeons animals. <laughs> In World War II, obviously, Lloyd, because it wouldn't be a Giggle Mugs ad if we didn't talk about World War II. <laughs> a Polish supply company adopted a Syrian brown bear cub when they were stationed in Iran. Now... This is in the 40s. It is unfortunate and a bit sad that these people raised a bear cub. But it is history and it is what it is. It seems like I, I'm familiar with the story and he was very well loved. And I think, yeah. Is the not... alternative like that he would have been in a circus or anything? No, no idea. Didn't, didn't get the history. Yeah. It's likely there was, I don't know, maybe the mother wasn't around and they just picked him up. Hopefully they didn't steal him. Anyway, we don't know. Don't ever take wild animals and raise them yourself stick with dogs no and, cats. and for the love of god if you find a baby bear in the wild don't pick it up yeah idiots anyway uh giggle mugs sending a strong message high performance anyway they adopted this bear which shouldn't do apparently it was 
uh, raised drinking condensed milk from a vodka bottle and drinking beer, which is obviously no good. But like you say, it sounds as if the soldiers loved it and treated it like their own, like it wasn't caged and whipped and stuff. And the bear followed the company around various stations during the war while he turned into a big old bear weighing 400 kilos, which is 880 (laughs) douchebag pounds and getting to 1.8 meters or about six foot tall. He was officially enlisted as a private soldier with his own paybook, rank and serial number. And he eventually rose to the rank of corporal within the Polish army. Impressive. Yeah. And I think he was like, so this is a supply company. Uh, I think in some of like he went to areas of heavy fighting, but because they were a supply company, he was like, he actually carried ammo boxes and stuff to the front line. Well, he weighs 400 kilos. Yeah. He's got to have pretty strong strength. Yeah. So he made it through the entire war and retired into the Edinburgh Zoo, where the unit was stationed at the end of the war and became a popular figure throughout the UK. Is Edinburgh Zoo where the, the penguin, penguin was? is? Yeah, it's uh, Lord, wow. the Norwegian penguin. Is it Norwegian? So they have two animals that are ranked in various militaries around the world. Yeah, this bear is definitely dead, though. Yeah, but in, in the history of Edinburgh Zoo, yeah, that yeah. seems like an unusual statistic. Yeah, like why aren't they in London where all of the war stuff happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? So that was interesting. Uh, bees. Ooh. Always trying to help, just buzzing around, doing their thing. Apparently, Can I guess? Yep. I got two theories. Either the providing of delicious and high-calorie honey or an SS officer who was allergic to bees was stung and died. N- neither. Ah. <sighs> Ancient Greeks and Romans. <laughs> uh, so we're not in World War II anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so they uh, used to apparently catapult full beehives over the walls of cities. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Yeah, like poor bees, but great job. There are also some specific stories. Apparently the defenders of Themyscira, an ancient Greek town that was apparently famous for honey production, defeated the attacking Romans in 72 BC by sending swarms of bees through tunnels that the Romans had dug under their walls. Oh, that's so funny. Pretty good. Imagine being a Roman soldier being like, oh, that doesn't sound good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it echoes so loud. (laughs) And it's probably pitch black down there, save for like a flickering torch or something. Yeah. Also the Heptacometes, which I think is a, a people of the Trebizond region, which is now modern-day Turkey, poisoned the oncoming Roman army by leaving beehives full of honey along the route of their march. Uh, And the Romans were obviously like, sweet, we're on the march, we're not eating great food, here's some delicious honey, everyone dig in. Apparently, modern chemists think about this story that there is a particular toxin that can naturally form in honey in hives under certain conditions that the Tecomites knew about and so the Romans ate delicious free honey and then got like they didn't die but they got violently ill which made them nice and easy to defeat if they're all just like shitting and vomiting out both ends <laughs> not ideal for warfare not that's ideal. a genius move yeah pretty good because they had enough of them to feed the Roman army so it sounds like they could create them this toxin create yeah the this I guess toxin so group. could could just be like Maybe they genuinely were being nice and all the Romans got sick and they're like, oh shit. Nice. <laughs> the Battle of Tanga in World War One in East Africa, both the British and German for oh, this is neither side using them, but there just happened to be a bunch of bees across this battlefield. Both British <laughs> and German forces were attacked by swarms of angry bees, causing assaults from both sides to falter. Not because of enemy fire, but because of the local bee population. <laughs> Wow, humans are so fragile when Mother Nature does like one tiny thing. Yeah, they're like, ah, fools. Uh, and finally, like a lot of bee stories. 
Uh, in Vietnam, apparently the Viet Cong would carefully relocate hives of Asian giant honeybees, which mm. disappointingly are not actually giant. They're just a bit bigger than regular bees. Oh, okay. <laughs> they would locate them near American patrols, and then when they got close, they would set off a firework, which aggravated the bees. And I can't imagine it would be fatal unless anyone had an allergy. Because they're not like, yeah. they're not strongly directing a horde of bees. They're just agitating a hive. It would just be like, it would be a pain in the ass. Like a distraction, maybe. Yeah. But I guess, like, if your nerves are already frayed and you're, like, tired and hungry and scared, like, one little thing could be the straw that broke the camel's back where you, like, Yeah, true break. that. All right, and finally, before I pass, pass the mic to you. It's the second time you've said finally now. Yeah, that was finally within the B section. Finally oh, that within was the a, animal section. That was final B. Yeah. Cattle have been oh. used to various effect to stampede the enemy. Which, like, legit, if you had <laughs> thousands of cattle and you just sent them towards the enemy lines, that would be quite disruptive. Very disruptive. And we're talking before, like, that would just be cut down by machine gunfire because that would be upsetting. Apparently, they were used by the Spanish. I bring this up because it involves pirates, Lloyd. They oh, good. Used by the Spanish in Panama City against an invading buccaneer army led by none other than Captain Henry Morgan. Oh. Pirate of the, the Welshman. Yep. Uh, usually I didn't doesn't... know that buccaneers had armies either. I think it was just a large amount of buccaneers. Yeah. <laughs> a collective, maybe. A posse of buccaneers. <laughs> so apparently this has been used in history recorded doesn't usually work though so the pirates were able to just distract and redirect the rampage and then eventually <laughs> i assume ate all of the cows after they'd taken the city yeah uh, and then also the battle of Tondibi in west africa in 1591 uh where the songhai empire which i think was like a, a first nations of some area in west africa charged a thousand stampeding cattle against the invading Moroccan infantry. This had worked for them before against their other enemies, but unfortunately the Moroccans had guns, uh, <laughs> which scared the cattle and they turned around and charged the Songhai. Worst case. Yeah, pretty much. Songhai were then defeated and the empire sadly lost entirely because of history and stuff. During that initial meeting, their general was like, all right, and tell me what, what's the worst thing that could happen? He's like, don't even worry about it. It's so, un- <laughs> it's so unlikely. So unlikely. This has worked for us before. Remember the other time when we sent all the cattle? crushing victory devastating uh, and that's that's the the animals close to bunnies in war <laughs> segment what do you got Lloyd? <laughs> uh, i guess they're more animals that aren't pigeons in war <laughs> i got a couple effects on batier oh the guy that organized the rabbit hunt yeah i just wanted to see who what kind of folk napoleon kept alongside what's and he all it seems about like I, I googled a few of them, and most of them are, are like boring, hugely successful, highly intelligent French generals. So yeah, like very like he conquered the world. Though obviously he wasn't surrounded by morons. <laughs> Allegedly, uh, Berthier was a logistical genius with uh, like organizing the army and supply chains. That's and like a map lot of creation. A lot of Napoleon's success, right? Isn't that yes? How canning was invented tinned food i think so and also it was the french army that first prioritized hygiene for their soldiers because so many of them were getting sick and it seems like more so people obvious doesn't it in this in the civil war in the u.s which was roughly around this period i don't know exactly but 19th century right what um no the civil war was the was before that no wait now I'm confused. not the war of independence yes that's the civil what i'm war. thinking of yeah it was something like almost an equal number of people died from like 
dysentery and food yeah. poisoning and poor hygiene. Ridiculous. So much so that he was a genius. Napoleon said when he lost at Waterloo, if Berthier was there, I would have won. Hectic. Yeah. So Berthier is the the brains. He seems like the brains, yeah. Napoleon's um, just the shouty. When Napoleon was first abdicated, he was allowed to retire to the countryside. Yep. And when Napoleon returned, it is said that he was ready to rejoin his former general, but mysteriously fell out of a window and died in suspicious circumstances, and it was never solved. He fell, jumped, or was murdered. Hectic. That is mm. a mystery. Indeed. Yeah, but I like the idea of... I'd, I'd like to see a, um, a movie or a TV show about his logistical genius and how it helped win wars. Uh, there's there's got to be a docu-series on it somewhere. There's got to be. Not going to look it up, though. Tell me you, if you find you, it. <laughs> my, my last titty-bitty. Yep. You mentioned at the beginning that Napoleon was a little fella. Yeah. Wasn't. Yeah, he was. Nah. Oh, is it just because he was your height? I consider you a little fella. Oh, he had a dick. <laughs> I <laughs> got him. <laughs> he was even shorter than me. So he was five foot six, which by today's standards is quite short. But the average height in France at the time was five foot three. So he was above average height. Five or at the very least, he was three average was height. the average height? Yeah. That wild, right? Yeah. What a bunch of shouties. Bunch of little people. Uh, so he Ooh. was five foot six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was five foot six, so above average. There's some questions whether he was exactly five foot six but everyone agrees he was at least average if not above average <laughs> you gotta got add a couple inches <laughs> <laughs> exactly and it seems to have originated with a cartoonist called james gilray ah. who r- did political satire yeah. and introduced the character of little bony who resembled <laughs> a childish napoleon and was often seen in like the palm of uh king george yeah i wonder what the average height in like the uk was at the same time uh like seven one i think <laughs> at least it's uh, i tried i tried looking up the height of king george and there's only one answer and it's on like a homework site someone asks how tall is king george and someone responded and just said six foot six but there's no <laughs> other <right>. reference <laughs> so i wrote it in my notes and they kept googling it and i was like wait a second this is just some fucking guy that's just <laughs> good great uh critical thinking lloyd Thank you. I also, I did do some classic Google Mugs research and went to slebheights.com, but alas. <laughs> alas. That's awesomely interesting. End of segment. I'm calling it. Oh, high performance. What high a, performance. What it's time for the one that we don't have an intro for. It's Shark Attack. Shark Attack. every week. <laughs> what is it called? Shark Watch. I think the first time we did it, we both just went Shark Attack. It's actually Shark Race, you guys. Shark Race. Shark oh, Watch. Sharks, sharks, and such. Uh, where oh. we, where we look at the O-Church, Sean Connery's O-Church website, and we track some sharks to see who's going the fastest, the furthest, the bestest. And currently, I suck, and Lloyd is crushing it. I've got some fucking great news for you, Rob. I still suck. <laughs> I haven't looked at Tigger, your new shark. Oh yeah, yeah. But I've just opened Iruna Bunde. That's your shark. And. It has been 21 days, and he is now 400 miles less than the first time we saw him. So about what? two thousand. He's gone. He's gone backwards 2,000 miles, and I'm not sure why. Uh, um, <laughs> are you looking at the right <laughs> figures? I'm looking at the early figures. It gives you total distance, and we have to minus it, right, to get the. 
Yeah, and the total distance is 2,000 miles less than the oh, last time we did maybe that. Maybe you had an erroneous ping. Ooh. Let's see. I love that. Let's, that is deeply I'm, exciting news. Fuck you. Uh, well, I'm still, I'm still 15,000 miles ahead. We'll see how far Tiger's gone. I bet it's zero. And can we also check my old shark just in case? <laughs> yes, I will, I will allow that. <sighs> Tiger, no matches found. <laughs> oh, I went in species. I went in species. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Showing one animals. Excellent. Tiger, the Tiger is female. It seems like a boy name. Rude. Okay. Zero Last time ping, we checked, zero distance. 326 days, 3885, uh, no, that was, that was your old shark. Yep. 228 days, traveled 7761, Tigger is now at 248 days. Rob, <gasps> you've gone backwards 4,000 miles. <laughs> what is happening? Can you, open, can you open it up? Am I doing this wrong? No, I must be doing this wrong. Why have we gone backwards 4,000 miles? And I'll be completely candid with you. I, I found this at lunchtime today. That I've gone backwards. Tigger, Tigger's got a ping today. That's exciting. April 15th, yeah. Uh, I, I saw that I'd gone backwards at lunchtime. Oh, yeah. And I, I messaged O-Shirch and haven't heard back yet. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. What was my previous value for Tigger? Oh, 7761 after 228 days. Did we have it in kilometers or something? No. Written it's, in miles. It's always been miles. Yeah, now, 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 now it is... Everything's <laughs> gone backwards. <laughs> This is not a high-performance segment. <laughs> yeah, it looks... I have the same information as you. That is shark race backwards. We suck. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we... Through no fault of our own. O-Shirts just... Oh, God. I hope they get back to us. Um, should we add in these new backwards numbers? Yep. All right. <laughs> you've, got, you've got Tigger there. What's, what's Tigger's new... Uh, 249 days, 3,655 miles. My my shark's off the, off the coast of Australia. And Irunabunde, 775. If you're listening, just like do something else. Um, talk <laughs> <Me>? amongst yourselves. <laughs> 15061. Well, this was a roaring success. <laughs> Liar. What about, what was my other shark called? Ulysses, right? Ulysses. Just see, see if that has also gone backwards. 3681. No, you, Ulysses has moved. Really? <laughs> oh no! Oh, you had zero miles progress, but he had he had movement. Yeah, he's gone backwards to two hundred miles. So less. He's gone backwards less, but he's gone backwards. Yep. Well, record it. Deeply confusing, and we're going to move on. Odd. What did you learn this week, Rob? <laughs> Whoa! You moved on so quickly. <laughs> High performance. High performance. I this week I'm trying to beat you. That works on two levels because I went really quickly, but I also set it really high. Yeah. High. Great job. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm trying to beat you this season in the shortest yet still interesting learning because you're like... I was so tempted just to write Napoleon. <laughs> Napoleon Raddatz. And send that to you. <laughs> well, I learned all about this great French emperor. <laughs> I think your best is three words and I matched that today. My fact is oh. combat juggling exists. Nice. <laughs> Although that's not what you put in Shut the up. spreadsheet. <laughs> The spreadsheet is wrong, always. Combat juggling exists. Tell me more. That's right. I said combat juggling, Lloyd. What is not to love? Apparently, it is also known by others in the juggling world as gladiators, or also, what the hell? That was my favorite one. Yeah, although I only read that on the wiki and not on official juggling sites, so I don't know whether to believe it or not. Mm. 
So I was trying to think back and I think we've covered some weird sports before, but I'm not sure what like general learning umbrella they came under. But I remember we talked about like extreme hide and seek that one time. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I can't remember if that had an official name, but somehow we didn't end up at combat juggling when we were talking about weird sports, which I find strange. And as such- Seems like a natural progression. Yeah. As such, it's its its, its own thing. And here we are and we're doing it. There's nothing you can do about it. Wouldn't want to. I would first like to start with a description from the World Juggling Federation's website. Please. And it's, it's written like this. Two teams, 10 combatants, 30 weapons. The world's most vicious and strategic club manipulators attack and take each other down <laughs> while maintaining control over gravity on a five-on-five team deathmatch tournament. God, combat juggling is cool. That description is so goddamn cool. It's video game cool. Uh, it, it goes on. Combat juggling integrates the skill of juggling three clubs into a team sport where team members must attack and destroy the opposing force's ability to juggle. This is typically accomplished by throwing one of your own clubs up high, allowing enough time to use the other two clubs to attack the airborne clubs of your opponent, and then catching your club and resuming a three-club juggle. Club, 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 club. <laughs> There are a variety of different attack techniques and gameplay formats that allow for a multitude of strategies to be developed and implemented. It makes it sound like... It's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, like you're actually killing people and you're flying around. It's like it's like Quidditch, I guess. Quidditch with drug... Drugging? With drugs, <laughs> juggling, it's everything. No rules. <laughs> no rules. Chaos. It's not quite like this. There's plenty of... Uh, did you watch any clips? I did. Yeah. Like, it's basically like nerdy looking guys donning sports clothes and juggling around each other, trying to knock clubs out of the air whilst maintaining their owns. No control over gravity required. No, like, well, I guess, I guess no one's controlling gravity. They're also not manipulating gravity. They're just in it. Yeah. They're using, (laughs) using gravity. I suppose. Uh, Like we do every day. (laughs) Yeah. In a classic gravity using way. But it's like, it's like, it's pretty cool. It looks pretty fun if you can juggle. Yes. Can you juggle? No. No, can no, you? Me neither. Okay, no. cool. I'm pretty good with two, but it only counts. Three is the minimum. I, I looked online. Okay. It's called a, it's called a jug, by the way. What when you when you do three it? balls? If you can do one rotation of three balls, is a jug. What if you did more than three balls? Then it becomes juggling. I guess. Oh, I don't so. know. <laughs> I don't you know. don't even get to say you're juggling. I'm jug. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's stupid. (laughs) Who knows? But yeah, it's pretty cool. Unlike hide and seek, it is 100% something that we would not be able to do as you have just established. Because we suck at juggling. I don't think I have the concentration. If I could juggle, the concentration to keep juggling whilst trying to do other things. Like running around, Mm -hmm. dodging, and trying to knock other people's clubs out of the club space. It sounds like to do it well requires... Not an insignificant amount of skill and coordination, which definitely. juggling already requires. Yeah, definitely. Apparently, it's been around since the 80s. Oh. Yeah, no one is super sure who invented it, but it appears to have been debuted at the very cool and fun-sounding International Jugglers Association Festival or convention, mm. and that's the IJA, of course, Lloyd. I know it well. <laughs> Either in Cleveland in 1981 or in Santa Barbara in 1982. Early versions of the game seem to involve 20 gladiators arranged in a circle in the Colosseum. And when it started, it sounded like it was just a chaos free-for-all until the last juggler remained. Which, <laughs> so like, it's, not, it's not two teams of, it's just one-on-one-on-one-on-one-on-one. Yeah, up to 20, Lloyd. Good counting. That's, that's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that's how it, it seems to be how it started. During this time at the IGA conventions, there were a number of serious injuries. <laughs> I didn't get loads of detail on them. But uh, apparently there were serious injuries and the IGA banned it 
in the late 80s and <gasps> early 90s. And for some reason, there seemed to have been like a weird philosophical debate about it. So, for example, some fucking nerd called Bert Russell of the Cambridge Philosophical Juggling Society. Ugh. Like, I have so many problems with that already. Writes a think piece on juggling. Ugh. That's right. Called Why I Don't Play Combat Juggling with the following wankerific extract. If colleagues throw us a flaccid pass, damn it, I didn't see that until I got to it. <laughs> if our colleagues throw us a flaccid pass, we throw on back clean and crisp. We forgive them. We want to help them. We are part of a well-oiled machine. Playing combat is aberrant juggling behavior. It is ugly and uncivilized. Symbolic acts of violence lead to truly serious violence. The urge to dominate others is animal. It's a primordial impulse that humanity is leaving behind as we evolve towards a more rational and civilized species. It's a fucking game, oh, Bert. You, he, he's just described sport. Yeah, <laughs> all sports. Yeah. Oh, it's probably it's, no. it's probably just because he's part of this wanky juggling group from Cambridge. Yeah, he sounds like a douche. Major douche. Apparently there was a reply piece from someone in a normal juggling club that was basically like, I fucking love the violent part of this sport. I love it when I see someone that's juggling like an idiot and I just get to go over there and destroy his juggling. <laughs> in in like much better words. But that was the... And that, that sounds the, like my kind of guy. Yeah, it was a girl actually, you massive sexist. <laughs> that sounds like my kind of person. Great job. So somehow uh, in the 90s, it did make it back into the games because everyone was like, it's just a game, you guys, come on. Uh, and now there are loads of different tournaments called suitably scary things like Fight Night and Major nice. League Combat. Some of these are even aired on ESPN3 in the US. I have never heard of ESPN3. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. I thought it was impressive. I don't know American TV. I was like, ESPN, that's the sports channel. But is one and two the main ones that people talk about for real sports? Uh, I mean, I've scrolled through a lot of sports channels in the US and sometimes they play high school soccer games. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's crazy how, yeah, like high school sport gets its own TV yeah. coverage and apparently bullshit sport also gets its own TV coverage. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the main forms of combat juggling tournaments are aggregated five on five, which is like the, the standard gravity controlling deathmatch that everyone plays. Sumo combat. <laughs> Basically, each team member fights 1v1 in a circle, and you're allowed to also push the other team member out with your body, not just your skills, Lloyd. That's that's violent, Rob. That's too violent. Yeah, we should probably write a piece on it. <laughs> uh, breach. That sounds fun. 10-minute rounds, where it's... Uh, I can't remember what it's called in other various games, but it is basically like that format where you have to protect one of your players and get them to the other team's side of the field and they're also trying to do the same thing to you. That sounds I would watch that on yeah, you know that three. You know that format? Yeah. I think when we went paintballing for your bucks, we did something similar but with paintballs. Yes. I did watch some breach clips of combat juggling and didn't know what it was. It, like Struggle doesn't to see carry the as well onto TV. Yeah. <laughs> no, because just because everyone's struggling and running around, <laughs> pretty much. And they kept stopping. I was like, "Why are you stopping? Knock the clubs out of there!" I think I'd <laughs> watched that one before I read what breach was. Right, you'd be that annoying fan in the stands. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Got that guy. <laughs> the only fan in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? Uh, zombie, which is kind of you remember that game Scarecrow we used to play when we were kids. Oh, I love that game. Yeah, where if you get tagged, you're like you're not out of the game. You stand there. 
and yeah. you can still do stuff or you can get saved or something basically yeah. seems like a <laughs> juggling version of that like you can you have to step stop but you can use your remaining because one of your clubs has got knocked out so you can use your remaining two clubs to knock if anyone comes in range and someone can like chuck you one of their clubs and reactivate you oh cool funky and also 360 combat which is my favorite three rounds of one minute with 1v1 combat where the aim is to achieve the most pirouettes (laughs) 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 yeah that's right in one minute rounds you have to be juggling combating and also spinning (laughs) spinning phenomenal so good that is so so creative and it was described as pirouettes as well oh, love it amazing and my last thing on combat juggling is that a lot of this was developed in the 2000s driven by a particular person that fucking loves combat juggling called jason garfield who is the founder and president according to a typo on his own website <laughs> of the world juggling federation that's the uh, the description that i read before that was way over the top he he owns that Interestingly wow. enough, he is now trying to make a case to add juggling to the Olympics. Oh. How do you feel about that, Lloyd? Um, <laughs> that good? I don't know. I don't know. Because like, they're trying to add other sports to the Olympics at the moment as well. And I don't Loads know if, of stuff. if I'm against it because I'm a curmudgeon. A what? Uh, a curmudgeon. Okay. Like a grumpy old man. Yeah. Yep. I'm definitely one of those. But like, why, why not? Yeah, I guess. It, like, the, isn't the criteria that like... It has to be actively played on a certain number of continents, like five or something. And it has oh. to have like a regular world championship competition or something to be considered. Okay. For me, it's more like what constitutes a sport. And not saying that this doesn't, because it sounds like it requires a lot of skill, strength, balance, etc. And yeah. I think I'd be on board. I think as long as you can make it a good competition, you have people there who are Yeah, and you have people good that are at it. Yeah, excelling at it. It's not just like Brian's juggling club from down the road. He's the only guy that does it in the world. We can now go to the Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm on board. I think I'm 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 okay with it. (laughs) Strong support from that corner. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Jason Garfield. We are not on board. (laughs) That is that's that's combat juggling. Tell me what 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 you got. Have you ever heard of Buzz van der Kerkhoff? (laughs) Is that a name? A place? That's a name. Okay. It's a it's a it's a person. Baz? Like Baz, just with an R? No, it's Baz, but it's it's pronounced Baz in, like, German, Germanic areas. How do you spell like it? It's B-A-S. Okay. But you've never you've never heard of him. I have not. crazy. He's the number one ranked combat juggler in the world. <laughs> that is crazy, Lloyd. Having researched it, I didn't look into, like, the, yeah, the celebrity players. Tell me more. Not to name drop, um, but he and I did legitimately have a conversation on Instagram today. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, tell me more. I on, our, on our Instagram? Yeah, you can go, you can I go can look at it. I can just go read it. Tell me though. Tell, tell everyone he else. Has, he, he hasn't responded to my last message, which is disappointing. But I reached out to him and said we're doing a podcast episode and if he could tell me any good stories or bad injuries. And he was like, would love to help. I've never had any bad injuries. Oh. Only one I can think of is my opponent broke his foot one time. And I was like, oh, <laughs> with cool, a laughy face. <laughs> that, yeah. And I was like, good for you. And then I told him I saw some um, of his foot. I was trying to butter him up. Saw yeah. some of your footage. Did you actually see like, some of his footage? Yeah. If nice. you uh, go to his Instagram, click on the link, go to yes, YouTube. Support. 
press play, etc. I will not. Genuinely, it's like very free flowing, smooth juggling. Oh, so we're talking about like just just his not combat, his solo juggling freestyle repertoire. Freestyle. Yeah, of course it is. Does he manipulate any gravity? He does float at one bit, but I don't know if that's manipulation or (laughs) lost control. Actually, or or a loophole. Yeah, marked down. And then I asked him if he could share some juggling facts, and I haven't heard back. Oh, so oh, he's seen it as well. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And I also followed him, didn't get a follow back. Well, so, I mean, that's that is deeply impressive on your part, Lloyd. Thank you, thank you. It's never if you if you look through our like Facebook and Twitter DMs, there's a lot of times I've reached out to people. First time I've got a, a, a response from a person who's genuinely relevant to the the, the <laughs> podcast episode. Yeah, love it. It's pretty happy with that. Also, he's jacked. Oh really? I'm I don't gonna, know me, if that's a regular, his, regular combat juggling thing. Nah. he's in exceptional shape. Is he? Hold on, let's yeah. have a, let me have a squeeze at some of this. Uh, like he's not, he's not massive, but it's just he's very, very fit individual. Which is, is just from juggling. I don't know. Should we get into juggling? Yeah, he's, he's got huge muscles. Those balls aren't that heavy, buddy. You don't need them. In the off season, he's just juggling kettlebells. <laughs> While researching combat juggling, I was on the juggling subreddit. <laughs> of course whereas you naturally would would fall in they were talking about combat juggling and someone commented and was like are there seriously people on here on the juggling subreddit that haven't heard of combat juggling next you'll tell me next you'll tell me you've never heard of volley club <laughs> i've never heard of volley club Lloyd. and i was like sweet can't wait to look into what this is volley club is volleyball oh. but everyone's juggling and then there's an additional <laughs> this is an additional club that you throw across the of uh, the net, yeah. and I watched some footage, and it is very, very impressive. So, okay, so you're they're all juggling three clubs each. Now I can't remember if they're juggling three and then they get a fourth. I or if they're you'd assume so, right? Because you, I mean, you can only the minimum two. The minimum is a jugloid. Okay, no. So everyone's holding two, oh. and then the ball gets like thrown. I call it ball for the sake of it's a clubloid. Ease. It's a club gets thrown across the net, and whoever gets so yeah, whoever it goes to has to like take it into a juggle, and then I guess they pass it in a juggle. You get, I assume you right. get three three passes like in volleyball, and then you got to chuck yeah. it back over, and then you're just so like you- standing on your side with two clubs. <laughs> yeah, waiting. It starts off, you're like, oh, so he's just standing there waiting. But obviously, as the game progresses, you like run off the court to reach it. Then you've got to sprint back, catch it while juggling, and then so you can only juggle it once as well. So you can't just catch it and then just juggle it and like catch your breath. It can only do one rotation in your jug before you oh. have to move it on. Hold on, I'm just gonna watch a watch a quick clip. So the rallies to... get intense and I'm like I'm hugely impressed. I guess they can't block and stuff though. They can, absolutely. Oh. You're allowed to oh. block or spike. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, they also have a little like up high down low thing they do with the clubs oh that guy had to sit out because he oh so if you drop your clubs the others carry on without you you're out of that rally yeah yeah yeah. wow that's 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 pretty cool i'm into that it is i'm very impressed with it good (laughs) yeah that yeah sports and juggling weird i've got a couple juggling facts i've got a couple violent sports and then i have completely accidentally a churchill link before i'd even thought to find it he just popped up I, I felt like I talked a lot about combat juggling. I want to hear all your things because I've only got one other thing and it might slot into your violent sports section. 
All right, good. I'll start with, I only have a couple things on juggling specifically. So there is evidence of juggling in 4,000-year-old Egyptian tombs and in ancient Greece and ancient China. And also on this website, it said, ancient Greece, ancient China, Ireland. And I was like, I assume assume you mean ancient Ireland. evidence of juggling in modern (laughs) Ireland, life. (laughs) We we haven't been, but we think there might be some juggling there. Perfect. Which really tickled me. Um, I think that makes sense. It feels like it's a court jester kind of thing. Yeah. And this this isn't a great fact, but it made me chuckle again. So I read somewhere that jugglers were persecuted as witches in history. <laughs> and I, I think it's because juggling was just part of like a street magic, yeah, street scene. performance thing. Bit of a scene. Uh, yeah. Um, and I couldn't find it. It was just kind of the same sentence again. It was just regurgitated on different websites. Classic. But then I found Ooh. Reginald Scott wrote Ooh. a book called An Exposé of Witchcraft. Oh, wow. And he wrote about a juggler, and I don't know if it's a typo or if it's old English, <laughs> but so he writes about a juggler performing feats of wounder. <laughs> Just throwing clubs at people. Got him. <laughs> Wound. Uh, yeah, that's all I had on juggling. It's a hard, it's a hard sport to, to research. Everyone knows what it is, and there's people yeah. that do it much better than others. There, there you fucking go. Plus combat yeah. juggling and volley club. Those are my favorite parts of juggling now. Yeah, I've... I, I want to go and see, I want to go live and like get club t-shirts and, and merch and like sit in the crowd and get drunk and heckle them and just have a great time. It seems fun. Yeah. You'd want there to I'm, be I did, enough crowd though that it wasn't just like, wow, look at those assholes. Just me. Just me. <laughs> You'll have noticed that I did tell Buzz that we were going to send him this episode once it was out. So I tried not to talk shit too much about combat juggling, but I think the consensus is that it's seems fun. Nah, it's yeah. not rugby. It's not football but i think it, it would be fun. looked down upon from uh jacked people that play traditional sports mm-hmm. but if i could juggle i think it would be fun i would enjoy playing it do you think we're in a position where we could offer a quick word of advice to 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 combat juggling as a sport do you think we're, we're allowed to do that oh i mean definitely we are now the experts on the sport so yes more violence <laughs> bring back the hectic injuries from the 80s yeah like i read that when you're trying to knock the club oh, fuck. the club thank you <laughs> i looked at it and i was like pin like a 10 pin and then i knew that wasn't right uh you're allowed to knock it out of people's hands but you're not allowed to hit people i think you should be able to hit people should be able to badge them make it a yeah. bit more maybe they need one version where it becomes more of a physical contact sport i just remembered mm. one of the injuries oh <laughs> it sounds like someone got a club in the eye and they had to have their cornea uh like stitched oh. up or fixed or something yeah this they, they should be wearing safety goggles, I think. Should, should they? Uh, clubs are pretty hard. I think one of the things that helped to get reintroduced was they don't use, like, you know, when you're juggling by yourself, you can use whatever clubs you want. I think they have a specific kind of club that might have a softer, like a foam outside now. <laughs> I like those people that juggle chainsaws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can play with whatever you want. Combat- Chainsaw, combat juggling. <laughs> oh, you can just- that would make it to ESPN 1. Yeah, whatever weapons, like, you can choose. Free for yeah. all. Oh, it would be like uh, be a genuine... what's that incredible TV sh- TV show, Robot Wars, where you like make your own robot. Yeah, you could have be... like robot combat juggling wars. Oh yeah, I'm thinking more like it would be a bloodbath, though, and that's probably not. There would be deaths. Yeah. It's very like ancient Roman Colosseum. Gladiators. <laughs> yeah. All right, tell me more about whatever. Uh, violent, violent sports. Yeah, hit me up. I've got two. There's quite a few violent sports, but two that that really just like resonated with me. All right. Uh, <laughs> medieval <laughs> MMA. Okay, awesome. Incredible. Yes. Uh, so it's MMA, but yep. they're dressed in... 
oh, plate it's, armor. It's a modern sport. <laughs> it happens today. <laughs> okay, good. I uh, thought you were so talking actually, about a version of wrestling from the medieval times. Oh, no, no. It's called... It happens today. It's called medieval MMA. So it started as like a gimmick at yeah. an actual MMA event. Yeah. And then everyone was like, that was the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so they were so full wear plate. Full armor with yeah. a shield and, a, and a, a blunt sword. There's rules on like what the sword can be. Blunt, yeah. length, weight, etc. Yeah. And usually in sports like that, even like fencing, it's like a points-based sport, yeah. right? This is not. It's like MMA where you win through knockout or submission. <laughs> and it's and it's like just fight each other with your swords and shields and fisticuffs if you want. It's just go to town. And it's like <laughs> takedowns and wrestling on the ground. And I watched some of it and it's epic. But it's way harder to tell if someone's unconscious if they have a helmet and full armor on. Yeah. So there's one bit. Oh, no. Where, so they've got a shield and the guy takes him down. And then he's, the guy's laying on the ground. The other guy's like crouched over on top of him with his shield just using the edge of the shield just onto the visor of his helmet just like oh. bang 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 oh. bang oh, and then gosh. at some point i guess he like gets tired or stumbles and as he separates the ref is like looks at the guy and he's like oh shit that guy's been unconscious for a while <laughs> oh no yeah i can imagine that is fraught with danger <laughs> yes but it is very very entertaining yeah have you watched you watch some obviously yeah yeah hectic it's pretty violent. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Even the ref looks like a little unnerved. Yeah, is he's he like wearing, keeping his distance. Is he wearing and he's full got plate no armor. Well. On. <laughs> no armor. Okay. How do you get it? You know how they have to get in there and break them up sometimes. He's just like, oop, oop, <laughs> oop, oop. He's just got a really long like spear. He's just like, trying to prod him away. <laughs> a lance. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's your other violent sport? My other violent sport is often and famously referred to as the most violent sport in the world. It Ooh. is. I don't know how to pronounce it, but. Uh, Clacio Storico or Clacio Clacio Oh, is it that Italian? Yeah. Uh, soccer? No, I didn't know what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's they call it the precursor to soccer. It's more like rugby. Yeah, and they still uh, play a traditional version of it in some places in Italy. Yeah, today they still play it. Yeah. In Italy and Portugal, I think they play it. Yeah, cool. So it was developed by the Romans as a way to keep their legionaries fit for battle. <laughs> Basically, a ball is carried like... American football or rugby yep. ball, but at the end of the field is goals that you throw the ball into. Yeah. Seems reasonable, except that you can just fight. Yeah, it's a total free-for-all, like involving one-on-one fight. It's like the worst yeah, there's parts no ganging of ice up. hockey. Oh, there's no ganging up? It's got to be one No ganging up, no striking from behind, and once someone... It's no wrestling. So once someone's down, they're you like... You just like move down. on. Yeah. Ugh. But everything else is like... It's not MMA rules. It's like grab, kick, punch, pull, whatever. Yeah. Seems like utter chaos. Yeah. And there's there's a fifty percent injury rate every single game. Yeah, didn't we play that at school? <laughs> it sounds like British Bulldogs. <laughs> kind of, but like, didn't we? For a while, we played a soccer game where it was just a free for all. It was like every every lunchtime we would play soccer. It was just like if you want to tackle someone, you just yeah. There were jump no teams. And- there were some people that were defending because they wanted to. Some people that were attacking because they wanted to. Someone volunteered to be in goals. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Should I pop in here with my sport? Please. I was going to look up other weird sports because my inspiration failed. And then that Google also failed pretty hard, except for this one that I found. And that's the only tidbit that I have to combat juggling. It's called Bo Taoshi, and it's Japanese. Ooh. And it's played traditionally played between cadets at Japan's National Defense Academy. Uh, and I think it's now played you know, at schools and other stuff as well. It's where two teams of 150 players representing different battalions so that it's like you know it's kind of inter-battalion games compete to capture each other's poles yep it's a dirty old sex game lloyd <laughs> it's not not even a chuckle come on no you can't 
it just took me a second to picture <laughs> like strippers fighting basically no so we're talking about a big physical pole so each team is split into 75 offensive and 75 defensive players and they take turns with one team defending and the other attacking and for some reason there's always one player sitting like literally sitting on top of this big pole oh i've seen this yeah i don't quite know the reason why they sit on it except to maybe to try and like weigh it down and basically the defensive team all gathers around the pole the attacking team just like rushes them charges them and they basically form this kind of scrum where the attackers are literally like like hunkering down against the like group of defensive people that are obviously trying to push them backwards and then some of the attackers are like sprinting leaping off the backs of their like scrum people to try and grab the pole and the aim is to get the pole push the pole down to below 30 degree angle and that means you win and the other team is obviously trying to keep it up and stop the attackers it's chaos it's utter chaos it, it is like a shield wall when they first yeah 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 it looks really cool though because they do that and then they're just kind of you know mushing and then these people Mm. are just like sprinting and like leaping into the pile yeah and you're not allowed to um you're not allowed to like punch kick or do anything deliberately dangerous but it's a full-on like rough scrum like there are feet and hands everywhere and they're all wearing getting hit and punched yeah but not like yeah they're not like hey you're an asshole blam it's just like the nature of how you try to get to the pole and they're all wearing those um like rugby head protector things because it's mm. chaos <laughs> yeah you'd want to yeah but it looks really cool it does look really cool i'd be and you're right they look like they like fly over the, the scrum pile of people yeah chaos that's that's combat and violent sports <laughs> tell me about winston i had one funny thing that oh, yeah. i didn't write down but i just remembered muay thai is famous yep. martial arts it yep. means i think it's like eight limb martial arts is what it means in uh-huh. thai because you can use fists, elbows, knees, feet. Oh. And then there's one called like Luth- Luthway or Luth- Luthway or something, uh-huh. which means nine limb. And it's the same sport, but with no gloves and you're allowed to headbutt. Oh. So that's the ninth limb is headbutting. Oh my Lord. I really thought you were going for a penis thing there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Link me to Winston and then let's wrap Linkage. this bad yeah. boy up. My link is through a fellow called Dan Ward. Okay. Who, who wrote, a, a, I won't call it a think piece because I think too highly <laughs> of Dan. He wrote an article and I've got some quotes from him. He yep. said, when I was serving at NATO headquarters in Kabul, Afghanistan, yep. I found a stash of rubber balls in the back room of a gym. Naturally, I immediately started a juggling club. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> I was my going first to, thought. I was going to dodgeball. And then he says, creating this club may have been my most significant contribution to NATO's International Security Assistance Force mission. Wow. Yeah. He does elaborate on that so a little he, bit he by didn't, saying... He didn't do any work at all. <laughs> <laughs> Just juggled the whole time. Yeah. But it, it sounds like him and uh, one of his buddies who was from Chile were already jugglers. So okay. that's why it was his first thought. I suppose. They were hobbyist jugglers. But Hobbyists. he said that they had a bunch of different people in this club ended up being really popular people from all over the world as part of nato's team and he said that it really helped bridge the cultural and language barriers and then people okay. who were in it people who were mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. frontline people who were in administration they became friends and it helped nato work more smoothly because sounds like close. he's tuning his own horn a little bit but i'm into it it sounds legit a little bit there is a lot of very heavily pro juggling stuff in this okay <laughs> for example he talks about and this actually made a bit of sense to me he said that it helps with hand-eye coordination, obviously. Yep. We've talked about that. But he says that what people enjoyed about it in this juggling club in a war zone was that unlike watching TV or playing foosball or video games where your mind can wander, 
when you're juggling, it's like juggling is the only thing you're thinking about because yeah. you've got to concentrate so hard. So for the people who have incredibly stressful jobs, it actually did feel like a rest. Yeah, sure. Because they okay. didn't think about it, which is pretty cool. I'm into that. And then I was reading this article. I was like, this is pretty interesting. Wasn't sure if I'd bring it in to the podcast or not. And then he, purely by chance, <laughs> he, he goes, juggling reminds me a lot of Winston Churchill. And I was like, <laughs> hello. Blammo. <laughs> and he was, this was right as he was talking about it being a way to focus and take your mind off work and relax and de-stress. Yep. And he gives a quote from Winston Churchill who says, painting is complete as a distraction. I know of nothing which without exhausting the body more entirely absorbs the mind. Mm-hmm. And he says, that's exactly how I felt about juggling. And clearly Winston Churchill didn't know about juggling because he wouldn't have, he would have, it would have been juggling is complete as a distraction. And he would have said that instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, just, just in the war rooms under London, <laughs> just juggling with us. <laughs> now, Hitler. <laughs> I have one piece of advice for you. Yeah, no, I, I write that. And I like that you stumbled across it. Uh, full, full points. Full points. <sighs> Huzzah. Huzzah. Great job. That's, that's. Episode 9 of Gigglemugs, Season 5. High performance. Yeah, if, if you felt that we weren't high performing enough, please let us know. I won't read it. Too high performance. Don't have time, <laughs> don't to, read have time to read. Only record. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we say high performance. That segment was still too long. I hope you enjoyed it. It was fun, though. I had a good time. Yeah, this is a low performance ending. <laughs> Cut it out. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Send your complaints and any questions you have for Sean to gigglemugspodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at gigglemugspod. So drop us a follow and interact with us there. And if you want to listen to the whole back catalogue, including the previous Unintelligent Chat Show episodes, you can find us on all good streaming platforms where podcasts be. We would appreciate if you could uh, you know, share us around and leave us a review. That would help us out. And cheerio. Cheerio. I didn't like that. And cheerio. I hated that too. Maybe I just don't like the way I sound.